Hello everyone, Krista and Hannah here with a brief message before we start the episode. We are on the third season of Keys to Music Learning and we have loved every second. Talking about audiation-based piano instruction is a passion of ours, if you couldn't tell, and we thank you for listening and keeping us going. We recently launched the Keys to Music Learning community. Similar to Patreon, this is a way to support the podcast and access bonuses, such as opportunities to attend podcast recordings and monthly meetings so you can pick our brains with your questions, share your successes, and connect with other teachers. Become a silent partner for only $3 a month or, to access the bonuses, a friend of the podcast for $5 a month. Join today at musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning community. The link will be in our show notes. Thank you all for listening and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Keys to Music Learning. I'm Krista Yadro. And I'm Hannah Mayo. Join us as we discuss common goals and challenges in the piano studio and offer research-based ideas and solutions to guide every one of your students to reach their full musical potential with audiation. In this episode, we're going to find out more about Krista. Krista is the owner of Music Learning Academy, offering online courses, webinars, and virtual workshops, all designed to support teachers as they trial, establish, and grow a thriving audiation-based piano studio using the principles of music learning theory, or the Music Moves for Piano method. So, let's get into it. Krista, tell me a little about your piano background. Yeah, so I started at about six or seven years old in lessons that were very traditional in a small town in New York. My teacher was a high school student in town, and I remember starting with middle C and the C scale. I'm not sure why, but I have a very vivid memory of sitting at our piano and playing the C scale. Um, I also remember wanting to stop lessons, especially around, I'd say like eight or nine years old. Um, And I definitely needed to thank my parents for not letting me quit. It was probably around the age of 10 when I switched to another teacher in town that I really started to enjoy it. This was also the time that I picked up the flute in our band program and I was a natural. Um, I just picked it up. I could uh, immediately play. Um, I spent probably two months in the fourth grade lessons before my band director pushed me up to the fifth grade lessons. Um, And from then on, I really enjoyed both instruments very much. I enjoyed playing the piano. I accompanied my school's chorus. I played for church. Um, On the flute, I participated in band, county festivals, and took lessons from a really wonderful teacher. Um, I always had the music inside me. I just didn't really have labels or necessarily understand the music I was playing like I do now, but, you know, the passion was always there. I also knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a music teacher and work with children. So I ended up going to University of Delaware to major in music education with a concentration on the flute. I continued piano lessons with an intention to minor on piano. However, when um, Dr. Suzanne Burton introduced me to music learning theory. 
my plan changed. I decided to focus on learning all I could from her as my passion for music learning theory grew. Excellent. What were your first moments of MLT? And uh, for those listening, MLT is short for music learning theory. Um, What were your first moments of MLT like? Uh, Yeah, I was completely confused. Um, (laughs) Dr. Burton was asking our class of, it was probably like 12 to 15 music education sophomores to sing their resting tone and nobody wanted to. We just stared at each other terrified to sing alone because we had no idea what we were hearing. Now, major and minor, duple and triple, I understood I could hear those differences. But then when she got into tonic patterns, subdominant, dominant, yeah, I could not label these at all. And then you go into the tonalities with Dorian and Mixolydian and Lydian, and they just all sounded the same, even uneven meters. I just couldn't yet hear or feel the difference. So I'd say it was frustrating at first. Um, I was young. It was not what I was expecting to learn. I figured she would be teaching us, you know, what fun activities to do in the classroom and how to create that exciting music environment for general music. I was certainly not expecting to start this amazing journey of how to sequence my instruction so that my students could understand all of this at a very young age and very naturally. I also wasn't expecting my own musicality to grow as well. For sure. (laughs) Yes. Uh, How did that change your vision of music instruction? Yeah. So before MLT, I guess I envisioned music education as what I had been through. You know, general music, we'd sit in a circle, we'd sing, play some ORF instruments. Some kids could do it and they were called on the most like me and then others couldn't. And while they still had fun for the most part, I feel like sometimes it was viewed that music just wasn't their thing. It just maybe it wasn't what they were going to be good at. Um, when it comes to band, I imagined a conductor waving a baton, counting the beats while a most likely out of tune band of beginners tap their toes on the floor, trying to stay together. And that was just my accepted way of, you know, well, that's how band starts, right? And then it gets better from there. And sadly, I think how it does get better from there is that some kids get frustrated or they can't do it. And they drop out, and the ones that can do it end up staying. And similar with piano, you know, I I imagined we always start with middle C, we learn a piece, and then we turn the page, we learn our skills, we learn our scales, we count the beats, and that you need music notation to play. Unless you had that inborn talent that you could just do it, you know? And I believed, like many others, that since it worked for me, it would work for my students. And I guess my turning point um, for all, the event that kind of solidified for me that it was MLT or nothing, uh, was watching a video in band methods. And it was either a fourth or fifth grade jazz band. The teachers started them and then walked away. And this group of students... They played together, in tune, improvised solos, kept a steady beat that wasn't forced by counting or tapping the fo- tapping their toes on the floors and on the floors on the floor. And they did this all by themselves. 
completely by themselves. Their teacher was standing off to the side and my mind was blown. I had no idea that 10 and 11 year olds could do something like that. Yeah, I saw that video and it is amazing. <laughs> right? Now imagine you're yeah. you're you're 19 or 20 years old and you're like, oh, that's what I want to do. This is it. This is it for that's me. That's how it's supposed to be. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. So you've made the decision to commit to MLT. Yep. What next? What were some of the important steps you made to learn more about it? So I just now I'm still in college here. I took Dr. Burton's classes very seriously from that point on. I really just wanted to learn all that I could. Um, I worked on a research study with her about tonal patterns and improvisation for my senior thesis. Um, I jumped at any chance I had to teach as well. So I taught for the UD Community Music School. I taught their early childhood classes. Um, I took advantage of any professional developments I could go to, and I was lucky to be at UD because Dr. Burton brought so many amazing presenters there, including Dr. Gordon himself. Um, Also, the professional development courses offered by Gimmel, and I'm sure you'll hear Hannah and I mention Gimmel a lot. That's the Gordon Institute of Music Learning, and I'm definitely going to add information to the show notes about this um, this organization. They offer two-week intensive courses where you can learn about music learning theory and how to apply audition-based activities to your classroom or in your lessons. So I took both elementary general and early childhood. And you start each day in these courses with a musicianship time, which is really quite beautiful and a really nice way to start the day. And it was during one of these courses that I actually finally heard and understood the different tonalities on their own. Um, It was a pretty amazing experience to kind of have that realization, uh, to suddenly have it make sense, to be able to improvise and compose very freely without, you know, thinking of altering the way I sing to kind of hit those characteristic tones, like, oh, my voice needs to go a little bit higher, a little bit lower. And that was in about I think 2005 or 2006, I believe. And really, I've had the most amazing experiences since then applying music learning theory in really a variety of different settings. Yes, I (laughs) totally agree. I didn't fully understand uh, the singing and the chanting until we had those like musical mornings where we just got to bathe in a different tonality. It was so wonderful. Oh my God. Yeah. Amazing. Um, Well, I'd love to hear a quick overview of all of your different experiences. Yeah, of course. So let's see. Um, In 2005, I continued at UD for my master's, focusing on early childhood and general music. When I was doing my graduate assistantship with Dr. Burton, I taught early childhood music in preschools, community music schools, and all this instruction was based on MLT. And that's also where I started to use the music moves for piano method. Uh, And for those that may not know, the music moves for piano method, sometimes we call it MM for P for short, is by Marilyn Lowe. And it's currently the only piano method out there that's entirely based on the theory of audiation. And I must say, it is brilliant. <laughs> I've agreed, right? Um, I've been using it since you know, since then, since about 2006, and I still have days where I teach a lesson, come to maybe an activity in the book, and I say to myself, "This is truly amazing." 
Um, so it's definitely worth looking into and you'll hear Hannah and I talk about it in the future as well. Anyway, while I was working towards my master's at UD, I also taught general music part-time um, for my research study, which examined the effects of a tonal and rhythm vocabulary on vocal improvisations. That brings me to graduation. I moved to New Jersey to teach music at schools for students with autism, ages 3 through 21. And this was one of the most incredible positions I ever held and really put music learning theory to the test, I think. Um, teachers thought I was a little strange when I started singing songs and chanting with neutral syllables. I think I was known as the Bapa lady for a little while. Um, you know, moving with flow, echoing patterns with the students. But it was so worth sticking with it, despite a little judgment that may have occurred at first, including from my own husband when we first first met there. But um, all of my students there learned music. They learned music, of course, at their own pace, but they all learned music. By the end, I had some music clubs where I could do what the teacher in that video did. I could start the group and then walk to the side while they performed music together independently even though most of them couldn't have verbal conversations with one another or even with me. I had other students that maybe it took five years for them to play a rhythm pattern on the drum, but it was all celebrated. It was all music learning. And honestly, it was all just so much fun. Uh, while I was in New Jersey, I also had a successful piano and flute studio. And that's where I really began to dive into music moves for piano with most of my students I say most. There's a little bit of regret there that I didn't use it for my transfer students, but I've learned a lot since then. Yes. <laughs> so in, oh, let's see, 2013, my husband was accepted into a doctoral program at Simmons in Boston. So we picked up and moved. Now, with his full-time job, his doctorate classes, um, he had part-time positions at local colleges, and we had a baby on the way. I didn't really have any plans for looking for a job. It was a bit too much, but a friend of mine told me about a local community music school that was looking to hire a part-time coordinator for early childhood classes. And I thought, that sounds pretty perfect. I think you know I'll go and just kind of find out what it was all about and see if it might be a good fit. So it was nearly eight months pregnant. Um, I went and I interviewed for Brookline Music School, passionately discussing this like grand vision for an early childhood program that included group piano classes, all completely based on music learning theory. Um, luckily enough, the director and the staff there, they welcomed me with open arms. And really, I could not be more grateful for their trust and support. So that was about seven years ago now, and we really developed successful audiation-based early childhood and music moves for piano group programs there, group piano programs there. I should also mention um, that we hosted Gimmel PDLCs, the two-week intensive courses in 2016 and 2018 with Marilyn Lowe, Jana Olson, and Jenny Fisher. These were to train our teachers and others from around the world. Um, I had the opportunity to intern in 2018. I was invited to join the Gimel Piano faculty. And also in 2018, that's where I met Hannah Mayo. That's right. We met at the Gimel Piano <laughs> Intensive. We did. And it was the one of the best two weeks of my life. It was one of the busiest two weeks of my <laughs> life. <laughs> 
<laughs> I could tell. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So how was Music Learning Academy, right? Mm-hmm. Music Learning Academy, not to be confused with Music Learning Theory. Yes. Um, how was Music Learning Academy born? Yeah. So how it came to be... Um, So through my work with the piano teachers at Brookline Music School, and then also my communications with teachers while hosting the Gimmel PDLCs, I really noticed a desire to learn an audiation-based approach to piano instruction, but also a need for easy access to quality training, Um, despite the Gimmel PDLCs being an incredible experience. It just isn't in the cards for every teacher to travel and to spend two weeks in the summer at a training. So with Marilyn's Blessing, I launched a Keyboard Games comprehensive course, and the response was overwhelming. And this was in March of 2019. And since then, I started creating a book one course. I've hosted a number of webinars, and now I'm really looking forward to this year and working with this amazing team that I've assembled um, to provide resources, webinars, workshops, more courses for the piano teaching community. And I am also very excited to be a part of that team. (laughs) Based on your experiences, what are the top three things that you want to tell all of us teachers today to help us with our audiation journey? Three things. So I'd say the first would be to take time to learn. Uh, In fact, we can put some ideas in the show notes today. Uh, If you enjoy listening, subscribe to this podcast and definitely to Everyday Musicality um, as well by Heather Schuldice. If you're a reader, get The Ways Children Learn Music by Eric Bluestein. Uh, When you want to see it in action or learn maybe with videos, invest in a course or a webinar. If you want to learn with a live instructor, take a workshop virtually now, but hopefully in the future in person. Um, The second thing would be to not wait too long to apply what you're learning. So you don't have to have it all figured out. In fact, you won't have it all figured out unless you are actively using audiation-based activities with your students. So just start with one, one activity to help your students gain a little bit more understanding of what they're hearing and what they're playing, what they're reading. You don't have to jump all in with a complete method overhaul. So definitely don't wait. And I'd say the third thing is to take advantage of the community. You know, join the Facebook group. Hannah and I are admins for Introduction to Audiation-Based Piano Instruction, Music Moves for Piano. You know, reach out with to us. Connect with other teachers, both new and experienced. Join the Gordon Institute of Music Learning. Or, you know, when you're able, you can attend a um, Gimmel conference or take a PDLC. It's an amazing community of educators that are willing and want to help. Yes. And this is such an exciting time now that we do so much virtually because we really can reach more people who want to learn so much more about this whole way of teaching. And it's just wonderful. Absolutely. So (laughs) yes. Thank you, Krista, for sharing your story. And thank you all for listening today. Uh, Be sure to visit the podcast website, musiclearningacademy.com slash keys to music learning. There you can sign up for our email list, as well as check out the links and resources in the show notes. 
We look forward to seeing you next week as we learn a little more about Hannah. Thanks so much, and we'll see you soon.